0: The blast from our past network.
1: Hey, everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright of Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very
2: exciting to tell you about. That's right, we have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go. Episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm
1: before. So I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast,
2: totally ad free. So
1: you get Seinfeld, you
2: get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Cartwright? Cartwright?
0: Hello, Newman.
1: This is so... F- good. Nothing for you. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Not that there's
0: anything wrong with that. Serenity so now. He's a re-gifter. Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up.
2: Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld Back to back to back to back, because we love Seinfeld, and you love Seinfeld! I'm Adam. And I'm Corey, And today, we are talking Season 9, Episode 7, The Slicer! Uh, If you're listening to this, it is on our free feed. Check out our Patreon if you want to get double the Seinfeld and none of the ads. It's uh, (laughs) patreon.com slash cartwright. This uh, episode first aired November 13th, 1997. Corey, my man, could, could we please get that synopsis? Yes, sir. November 13th, ninety-seven. I was
1: still living at home. I had already graduated from high school, and I was going to community college, baby! Woo-hoo-hoo! Community <laughs> college. And at this point, I was probably failing my first semester of every class at community college, baby! <laughs> wow, wait, good look at you. What an upstanding
2: citizen you've become.
1: <laughs> look at me now. All right, The Slicer. Elaine's neighbor leaves the country without turning off her alarm. We don't really know that it's a her, do we? Anyways. (laughs) No. (laughs) Kramer Kramer discovers unusual uses for his new meat slicer. Doesn't Elaine
2: discover the unusual uses for it? I I guess you could say unusual is the sliding of the meats (laughs) under the table. Sure.
1: (laughs) We don't usually have this much commentary on the the (laughs) description. George goes to work for Kruger Industrial Smoothing and promptly sneaks a photo out of Kruger's office to avoid an awkward confrontation. Jerry dates a dermatologist. Weird that they don't actually have uh, what is it, Marissa Cross, Marcy Cross? Uh, because at this point, she was actively on um, Melrose, Melrose Place, Place. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, right now. Like, and
1: Melrose Place was big at this moment too, very popular.
2: Oh, I mean, didn't they have that whole thing on Seinfeld about yes. you watch Melrose <laughs> yes. Place?
1: Yes, which <laughs> is funny because that was like that was like three years prior, two years prior. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was uh, I think Melrose Place ended this season ninety
2: seven. Yeah, that makes that sounds about right. All right, we're going to start our scene-by-scene breakdown, and we start off. Elaine wakes up next to Jerry. What the hell? It's kind of weird, and then she flips over. Holy fuck, George is there, too. And then they're all in bed together. Kramer's there, and it's like a rugby scrum, uh, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, it sure is. (laughs) And they're being very needy. They're like, Elaine, Elaine, oh, I want to be with you, Elaine. You know, I'm going to follow you all around. And it's a nightmare. She wakes up and we hear this alarm on the opposite side of her wall that's woken her up uh, and it's just pissing her off going off. (laughs) It is a nightmare to be in bed with all three of those men. It is. And um, I was going to mention it later, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it now. I wish this led to something, this nightmare. (laughs) I just wish it was something. It should have set off Elaine. To, like I, th- I thought it was gonna be like a thing of where she's like, oh, I, I need some space from you guys because okay. she had done that before. Yeah. But literally, it was it- this was like a cold open. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it went for the fact literally the alarm
1: nowhere. Yeah, that the alarm was. in. Other than the
2: alarm, so like, yeah. but the dream meant nothing and it yeah. went nowhere. She doesn't even talk about it. <laughs> so I didn't like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, George has had an interview with Kruger Industrial Smoothing. You know what I like. Kueger, love, K Uger.
1: <laughs> love, love, love me, Daniel von Bergen Um, for me personally, he will always be the leader of this like crazy cult. Uh, his name was Nix in Lord of Illusions, and I all. I mean, anytime ah. the actors any in anything, I always like, hey, it's Nix. Uh, but it's it was a strong performance. But I've always loved K Uger. I've been chomping at the yeah. bit for K Uger to come back into our lives.
2: I think for me and most other people, they would recognize him as kind of the bad guy chief in Super Troopers. Yes. He's yes. the opposite of Brian Cox, I think is what mm. it was.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. So love me. Some right. Super Troopers.
2: Yes. Uh, George gets the job. Uh, and overall, Kruger just seems pretty apathetic to George and to hiring in general. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. So he's like, I could go either way with you, buddy. I don't really care. <laughs> But we need to fill the position, so yeah. sure, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's this, funny because
1: George—it's funny because George is overqualified, like a motherfucker, for this job.
2: Well, he—I mean—he's got good, as he says, he's got good, you know, resume with with stuff, but he has no knowledge in in this smoothing area. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. This area. Like, yeah. He said his whole life was smoothing things out, so it makes sense, right? Yeah. True. Very Anyway, true. so uh, yeah, so George then notices a picture on Krueger's desk. It's a beach shot uh, of Kruger and his family, and George is looking very like maniacal in the background. With hair. With hair. Yeah, looking like an asshole. So. <laughs> all right, we'll find out more about that in a bit. At Monks, he tells Jerry and Kramer all about it and this boombox incident. So basically, back in the summer of 89, and we get a flashback. Uh, you where... get a
1: blue screen flashback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yes, we do. Yes, we do, where he apparently... Threw their boombox into the ocean. The family, because he thought that they had uh, taken all of his stuff and threw it in the ocean, but it was the tide. And so you know, it's it's kind of it's 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 it, he he fucked up, and or he believes he fucked yes. up. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, Kramer recognizes that name, Kruger Industrial Smoothing. Yeah, they apparently couldn't get the green stuff on the Statue of Liberty. They botched that job.
1: Oh, you know what? Shoot, um, I was gonna go look that up because I do remember in the '90s there was something with the the Statue of Liberty getting cleaned, and it didn't really happen. But I I it opted instead, or I, it didn't happen, meaning like I didn't get a chance to look it up. But I opted instead to watch the betrayal again in mm. the in the reverse uh, direction, which we'll talk about next episode.
2: So well, I did look up okay. that situation. I mean, I didn't look up that specific situation, but like, so they don't. Clean up the Statue of Liberty. Okay. So basically, when we first got the Statue of Liberty in 1886, it was a shiny brown color, like a penny, because it's copper, um, or at least like the outside is a thin yeah. layer of copper. Um, by 1906, the color changed to its kind of greenish blue hue that it's got now, due to oxidation, which is basically called a patina. Okay. In for 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 copper, but that patina actually. Protects the metal and protects the statue from extreme elements uh, like high winds, salt water, and air pollution. So cleaning it off, the Statue of Liberty would actually end up probably doing more harm than good, okay. and it would also be a never-ending battle because, like every thirty years, back. it would just oxidize again um, with stuff in the in the air and whatnot. Um, and so, and also, it's iconic now. Like now, the look is iconic. Yeah. So Why? There had apparently there had been talks of like painting it and shit like that, but like it would cost so much money and the upkeep would be stupid. And then also if you cleaned it off and put it back to like that copper color it's just gonna happen again.
1: Yeah, and people would be like, "Why is it brown? Well, that's weird." Yeah, I, it's just yeah. Okay, I, I have some memory from the '90s of something about statue. Maybe it w- maybe it was talks of cleaning it, but could then be. it
2: was them saying, "No, we can't clean it because of all the reasons yeah. you just listed." Yeah, so. I mean that the patina like legitimately protects the metal. Okay, and protects okay. the statue. So. And so,
1: but it must have been in the zeitgeist if they're writing about it here. You could know? be,
2: could be. So, all right, uh, George, he he. Is glad he's got this job because, uh, you know, there's no management there. He says um, it's basically, you know, it's it's, it's a shit show. Yeah. And he can just kind of, he can wreak havoc there. Yeah, it's, um, great. it's a great he, job. He doesn't want to get fired because he's he worried that Kruger is going to recognize him from the photo. Which one, I mean... George is so obvious in that photo. Like, how could he not see him? He's so blatant. And then when he gets fucking airbrushed out, it's like, how could you not remember? Like, hell, I remember that there was a guy leering (laughs) at your family. Mm -hmm. So, but Kramer suggests that he gets that that George gets the photo airbrushed. Of course, now we would just say that's photoshopped. Photoshopped. Yeah, Um, shop it out. Mm -hmm. So Kramer, meanwhile. He's going through a sandwich, and the meats are just, like, all torn apart, and they're not good pieces of hunks of meat, and he's flipping it out. I do like uh, his little thing. I haven't had a good sandwich in, like, 13 years. (laughs) And he's Jerry's just looking at him, and then he starts going at
1: Jerry's uh, sandwich, being like, look at this. You know, yours is terrible, too. And Jerry's like, yep, I haven't had one in that long either, you know? But that's the kind of stuff that I love, the Jerry and Kramer stuff,
2: you know, where Jerry just sometimes just sort of lets Kramer do his thing, you know? does uh speaking of kramer's thing we cut to the apartment and he now has a meat slicer and he's just loving slight slicing off that meat and i love the fact that he got it from
1: trading in his sausage maker which is a tie-in to a few episodes ago with the mandel bombs
2: exactly i do like that little bit as well Uh, elaine comes in and she's tired you know she complains about the alarm uh kramer then mentions that his friend lomez who is Apparently, kind of taken over the Bob Sacamano role. Yeah, because we get Lomez references in the next two episodes. Yeah, we're very heavy on the Lomez for season
1: nine. I, I, R, R.I.P. Bob Sacamano, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: Uh, so, yeah, but apparently, Lomez, the same thing happened to him, and he blew his neighbor's circuit <laughs> to uh, just, you know, cut off their uh, power while they're gone so that you don't have to worry about the alarm. Nice. Smart idea. Smart idea. Uh, so Elaine,
1: can't you just ask the super to like let the super know what's going on? Also, too, if the alarm yeah. keeps going off, you might be able to get in through a wellness check. You
2: know what I mean? Yeah, valid. Uh, all of that makes logical sense, but Elaine is not always logical. She yeah, of course, <laughs> she gets a little uh, eccentric. Yeah. at times. Yeah. So, all right, we cut to them at Elaine's building, and Kramer, you know, here you go. Stick this. Uh, <laughs> this Paperclip into the <laughs> to the she's outlet like, to short it out. She's like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, Well, neither do I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But of course, ends up Kramer doing it, and he electrocutes himself. But he, you know, knocks out the circuit breaker. <laughs> yeah, and
1: I, I always love this or scene part- where he's like, Oh, well, I'm gonna lose that nail. Um, and but also famously, it's it's weirdly it wasn't on this. Um, uh, on the DVD, but I have seen clips of Elaine cracking up. I'm sorry, Julie Louise Dreyfus cracking up while Michael Richards. It's like from this scene, and he uh. got so mad because he tries to stay like in character, in energy. And she famously would always like crack up on set mm-hmm. and kind of sometimes mess up his his jive a little bit. But he uh, he was pretty open on the interview about this scene in particular, uh. Uh, about her being pretty bad in in that regard, and him getting a little bit annoyed at her.
2: Okay, I mean, I can see it. He's got good. His delivery is great, and then some good physical comedy of when he gets electrocuted yeah. and stuff. So,
1: and, and there's funny. a really funny, um, uh, little subtle gag that that kind of permeates this episode of Elaine's, um, apartment smelling like potatoes, like the car, the complex, not just um, you know her. Yeah. her and, and it's but there would be a little bit of a payoff to that later that I actually enjoyed.
2: It's as little a payoff as possible, and this was one of the issues I had with the episode. Really, and you like that?
1: But yeah. I mean, like, but. If it wasn't in it, then who like? It doesn't no, I didn't say I didn't anything. It. I, it just
2: they needed to add something else with the potatoes. The potatoes. It, not needed every,
1: to leave. not every joke has to crescend into like this giant cacophony. I'm not asking have, a you giant. You can have tiny little jokes here and there, buddy. Yeah, Corey.
2: Oh, but buddy. The, oh no. The, the whole thing was <laughs> they knock into an apartment. All right, we'll get there. It just it just. I'm not saying everything has to be this massive. <laughs> the joke, Corey. I just think. You know, it could have been handled a slightly better. Okay, all right. Okay,
1: <laughs> I liked it.
2: <laughs> or it should have been. It should have been the potato person's apartment that they cut, that they mm. try to break into, or something. Something that leads with the, what are the potatoes? What are they there for? It's just randomly a guy with a bunch of potatoes. Sure. And that's the funny thing. <laughs> that's yes, that is <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I just think it needs a slight tweak. Man, but all right.
1: They, you, you missed your calling as a story editor, buddy. <laughs> uh, ma- <laughs>
2: Apparently. Well, you love the story without it, so I guess it's fine. I guess all the plebeians out there love the potato joke, and I'm the only one sitting back, fuck that potato joke. You know what,
1: guys and gals, let us know. Is Does the potato joke need to have a crescendo to end, or can we have tiny little permeated jokes throughout the i'm the not episode. saying we
2: can't have time who's like, right who's wrong your, here your verbiage is wrong okay <laughs> your verbiage is specifically meant to make me sound <laughs> like a fool <laughs> i know i'm just saying this specific joke could have added one little extra layer peel that potato one extra layer <laughs> i'm <asking>. touche <laughs> right. right. you win you win buddy
1: hey everybody Corey here i just want to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages
2: Hey everybody I'm Tim and I'm Dean and we're the
1: hosts of Talking Back we're a retro-based podcast covering movies comics video games and more check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past we like to keep things fun lighthearted, and informative
2: do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life then check out Talking Back we're available
1: everywhere podcasts are found
2: And Steven Seagal is a joke. (laughs) Jerry meets with uh, Elaine's doctor friend for a date at Monk's. And it's Marsha Cross, as you already said. Uh, Besides Melrose Place, she was also in Desperate Housewives. So two major shows.
1: Yeah, really big fucking shows at the time. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, And she is a lot into herself and being a doctor and saving lives. I mean, she makes it sound like she, you know, cut out, cut open someone's chest and was like physically beating their heart for them, that kind of thing. Um, And she's just overall better than other people. And even if she was doing that, the way she talks about it, fuck her.
1: I had a friend in LA. Um, I won't call him out, but he is a plastic surgeon, a plastic surgeon, a, a, this is a choice people are making. He acts every point of his life like this, like she does here, like Pimple mm-hmm. Popper MD does here. That's how he always acted. Needless to say, I didn't hang out with him too much, but I was yeah. like, but you're a plastic surgeon. Yeah, it's all elective. It's all ele- <laughs> If they die, it's technically their fault. Yeah. Yeah, true. They chose. They chose this. So, and and real quick, I know guys and gals. Plastic surgeons do good good work of like when there's uh, women have breast uh, cancer and and all that kind of stuff. Like they are necessary, but he wasn't one of those guys.
2: No, he was adding Beverly Hills honkers. I'm sure. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Pretty much. (laughs) So, all right. Uh, George gets the picture airbrushed. um, You know, at this place. And that dude that did the airbrushing is Larry B. Scott. Yeah, buddy. Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds. And he was
1: in Karate Kid, Iron Eagle. Yeah, he was space Camp in the 80s. Space Camp. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Space Camp. Yeah. You guys covered that on Blast From Our Past a we while ago. We did.
2: Yeah, and that, that's actually kind of... I mean, that in Revenge of the Nerds is kind of what I remember him most from.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. So,
2: but uh, he got confused and brushed out the wrong guy because George... He's lost a lot of hair. I'm aware. <laughs> so, uh, nice little comeback gag. You know, that's, that's a different little gag that they pepper in, and it works well.
1: Oh, I think it works just as well as the potatoes. <laughs> it works better. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
2: Anyway, because that's just a step and repeat gag, motherfucker. That is just a, you know, that that's just, that's just reoccurring. It's not it's not like one that needs because they are building the other one, and then it builds it builds to a plateau. We used
1: builds. we used to be so simpatico about these
2: things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, at Lanes, uh, she now hears not the alarm, instead a cat. God damn it! Uh, at the apartment, she tells Kramer about it. About it. Apparently, it's an uh, automatic feeder was cut off and so now the cat's hungry and that's why it's meowing
1: damn I, I, it's funny because i never i didn't really think that like they had that kind of thing back in 97 but I, I mean i guess it makes sense right for for sure. cats and I, I never was a cat owner so i, I guess i don't know did you do no. did, did, did you ever have cats
2: I not once know. in my life okay yeah i don't care about cats yeah Maybe they're fine i i i like the self-sufficiency of cats yeah. i respect that yeah i'm a dog but guy th- Exactly. I'd rather roughhouse and, you know, mess around with a dog and cats don't typically do that.
1: No. And if they do,
2: they slice you with their fucking razor sharp fucking (laughs) claws. Exactly. All right. Uh, Jerry talks about the whole doctor date being terrible and and all this kind of stuff. He um, finds out Elaine mentions that she's a dermatologist. So, yeah, no, she wasn't like saving lives in the mindset that we would think or how she was obviously talking about it. Um, So, you know. It's it's all bullshit, yeah. uh, and then, I love how Jerry goes. Skin doesn't need a doctor, and George goes.
1: Of course yep. not. Wash it, dry it, move on. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that is a great simplistic way about how you take care of your skin. You know, exactly.
2: Yeah. The worst they do is uh, prescribe some aloe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And that that joke will come will come back. Yes, it does. Now, That's now I did set, like, up, set up and payoff. Ex- there you go. There you go. Just just like the potatoes. So so I like how <laughs> and when the payoff
2: is not good. It's I not liked, a good
1: payoff. There's one point in time where. Well, have we gotten there yet? Where Lane, Elaine is trying to eat the meat, the 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 lunch meat, you know. Um, and I like how Jerry grabs her hand, and she's like holding the lunch meat, and she tries to like. Lean oh, I in don't even remember it. this. Yeah, it was like in the background. I never noticed it before, but it was a fun oh. little. It was a fun little visual gag that Jerry and Elaine were doing, sort of in the background. I was like, oh, cool. I never noticed it.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so must have been, must have been here because, you know, this then it hits Kramer. You know, the cat problem, the slicer. And so, he, boom, it hits him, and they're going to head on off, off to her apartment. All right. George, though, uh, recommends to Jerry to be a bit petty and to go on another date with the doctor just so he can make fun of her and yeah. rip into her. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the whole idea. So,
1: okay. George has always wanted to do this, but yes. he, he couldn't get the 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 date, the, the second yeah. date to do it. Yeah. Couldn't
2: get her to go on a second date, so. All right, so uh, Kramer goes in and cuts slices of meat, slides under the door, and it works. Yay. Hey, there you go. So good for them. And then at this fancy dinner, Jerry just tears into her. I, he I her, call you <laughs>
1: Pimple Popper MD.
2: That's a good classic line. I like that. I feel like how many dermatologists were called Pimple Popper MD after this? <laughs> well, hell, there's Doctor Pimple Popper. Like yeah. that's a that's a legitimate like YouTube and now television show. Oh. And I don't. And I bet they probably got a little bit of that from here.
1: And if, if they didn't do it actively, it permeated into their mind. But it's probably yeah. from here.
2: Yep, absolutely so. Um, but then a patient comes over, a former patient, and thanks her for saving his life. Skin cancer. Oh, skin cancer. <sighs> cancer. ah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. The melanoma and saved her life from melanoma and yeah. yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, I guess that's the thing. But, like, it's not... A regular. I mean, I'm sure they do it on the reg, I guess, but maybe not like that much on the reg. Yeah,
1: yeah, no. I it's it's one of those things where I still think most of the stuff is valid of what he thinks about her and says about her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one thing is so big that it kind of outweighs it. Even if you only do it once in your entire practice, you still yeah. saved
2: one more person than you Jerry did.
1: has ever saved. You know. Now
2: she deserved it just because of her inflection and the way she talked about it. It's just like, you know what, if you're going to be a hero like that, if you're going to constantly talk about it and you're not going to be humble about it, then I don't respect you as a hero. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I don't so. think I don't think she's a great character and I'm glad that it didn't really oh, yeah. go anywhere with her. So,
2: yeah. Um, but I do respect the, you know, later on um, her comment to Jerry that we'll we'll yeah. mention. Yeah. Uh, so Elaine, meanwhile, uses the slicer. She's borrowing it, you know, for the cat stuff. Um, but she's got it at her place and she's using it as a letter opener. And then, you know, she notices, ah, these damn heels are just so uneven. Look back at the meat slicer. We know what she's going to do. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Uh, George gets the uh, latest pass of the airbrushing, you know, trying to get rid of Kruger or to fix Kruger and and get rid of him. So he gets rid of uh, George, but apparently he hadn't made a copy of the original and airbrushed the actual original. Yeah. and so now he had to hand draw Kruger back in.
1: Yeah, and that's that's where you have to sort of uh uh suspension of disbelief that they're all working on the the same
2: photograph here, you know. Exactly. And and it is um I mean even at that time, there you know, I don't know how they they're airbrushing if he's like, I guess, legitimately Painting I, for airbrushing, yeah. I think that's what but they're
1: implying like, here. Like we said, Photoshop would have been this is what we do in Photoshop now, but yeah, he physically had to
2: airbrush it, which means,
1: well, like, is that a service that they actually offer there, or does George like pay that guy on the side?
2: Yeah, I don't know, but like it was obvious that that first one was photoshopped not mm-hmm. painted like you can tell that the waves were photoshop duplicated like i can i you can see this yeah and then yeah. they they've had photoshop since 1989 yeah so, so technically
1: he should he could have that's, been using that's that. what
2: it, yeah exactly so i mean yes a little bit of suspension of disbelief but that's what makes it wacky and it's haha oh my god george is gonna get screwed over by this airbrushing guy
1: right and and of so, course sure. uh K. Uger looks like uh you know a peanuts character <laughs> Yeah,
2: yes, he does, as Jerry mentions. Mm -hmm. Uh, So to fix the situation, he's got to get a picture of Kruger with his shirt off. And so that way he can take the picture, you know, crop him out and then put him into uh, this new beach picture. So, all right. Elaine came comes over and she needs Jerry's pliers for some reason. uh, It's to get out her heel from the slicer. And uh, Jerry tells George about. Um, you know the whole backfire of the doctor about cancer the you know the skin cancer and all that stuff and George then realizes oh the skin cancer she's done these uh uh you know um what do they call it oh uh, uh uh free screenings screening screening thing yeah she's done these these screenings at other places like a J Peterman and other stuff she can do the screening and so that's a way to get Kruger without his shirt to take his picture and then get him out of his uh you know beach photo uh problem and so they're going to try and do that. So Jerry has to now kind of talk to her and convince her to do it.
1: And, so. of course, Jerry doesn't want to. And George is like says, it's the mature thing to do. And Jerry's like, how does that apply to me? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, I do like that line.
1: And I do like um, earlier when, when he's sort of trying to – George is, like, again, trying to figure out sort of his next job or whatever – for the third time in the series, anytime he has to figure out what he wants to do next, he's always sitting on, on the floor mm-hmm. in front of the coffee table. It's always the same shot, and it's ever been ever since, what, the first season? Um, yeah. And I like that. I like that they keep that consistency throughout the entire series. And another consistent thing they have is uh, Elaine kind of mentioning to Kramer about clowns and stuff and him getting all freaked out, you know, and that's another consistent Kramer uh, thing.
2: Exactly. So yeah, Kramer wants to come in and get a slicer, but to keep him from coming to her place, she says, "Oh, I got to go by the circus first, And he is afraid of clowns. We've that's been actually established in the show. Joe DiVola yep. as the clown yep. kicking him in the head. Uh, do you know what uh, the fear of clowns is called?
1: No, clownophobia. No, it's uh, stupid. It, it's called coolrophobia. Cool? I don't know why. Like, how do you spell that?
2: C O U L R O phobia. Okay, interesting. Cool, coolrophobia. Interesting. All right, um, Jeremy. Jerry apologizes to Sarah, to you know, old pimple popper MD. Um, but I do like her line. I think it's a little bit of a respectful line that she's like, "I'll do this because I believe in it." But as for you, we're done. And I'm like, you know what? Any self-respecting person wouldn't just get back with jerry and right, so i no, like that aspect. No. and he so, goes was it pimple popper md and she goes that's the one and when she
1: walks away he goes <laughs> jerry goes still got it yeah yes exactly so,
2: so you yeah, know it worked out pretty well yeah. and honestly i i did like we didn't really mention it but during their date i love that he he's just kind of making these jokes because obviously he's not indoor um like the entire time he's you know you know, he's like, oh, he's like, do you know what it's like to save a life? He's like, is it anything like hitting a home run in softball?
0: Yeah, yeah. I,
2: <laughs> and it's just like, because it's good. Because you know what? He's trying to bring a little bit of brevity to the fucking situation. And honestly, because he also doesn't give a fuck about you know, her being this pretentious person.
1: Yeah, and it's it's funny, my note, I, I forgot to even mention it because we t- started talking about uh, Marcia Cross, but my note for that conversation uh, way back then at, at Monks was that's what it felt like when I dated the lady that was in uh, uh, grad school for like evolutionary psychology and like and now this was like this is who I met Call through and Jeff is this who, yeah, who is
2: who I met when this is the person I met when uh, when we first met who you were dating I, right? I, th- I think so I think so
1: but she was friends with Call so if you ask Call yeah. if she knows who Christina is we, uh, went, we went to the winery together no that was a Maybe I dude I can't All right. You just you're a whore. I'm you're a, whore. a man whore. But I dated this lady for like 5 years. So I dated her for a while. Oh, okay. Um the, was it an African American lady? Yes, with, it was. Yeah, no, that wasn't. That was a different girl. Oh, Okay. A totally different. Yeah. We talk, We going to talk about her. So um <laughs> <laughs> But uh anyways, this is sort of like I was going to say this is what it felt like when I was dating her cuz like I was like, you know, why why doesn't someone you know, she studies like 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 how attraction comes through scent and how there's like incest aversion through scent and evolution through sexuality and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, so how come all farts smell differently? But if they, if you fart in the shower, they all smell exactly the same. Like, why can't you just like do a study on that? And of course she's looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? But that's how different we were. It was very much like Jerry and pimple popper MD. Mm -hmm. (laughs) all your farts in the shower smell the same but why no that's a real question that i've always wondered all shower farts smell the same yet they don't yes they do they smell like weird they smell they (laughs) smell like shower farts you've you've analyzed the smell of your when they happen rarely then yes they all smell the same okay
2: (laughs) i guess i'm the only one okay (laughs) yeah Uh, are you saying all as in like you know, all of your shower farts have consistently smelled the same or yours and mine all smell the same. I don't, smell know, my why, shower farts. I don't know. I don't know. I don't
1: know about the latter. But all mine consistently smell the same when they don't smell the same outside of the shower.
2: Okay. It's got something you to do with the water molecules, you. Yeah, I it's like your body is yeah, hydrated. Yeah,
1: I think so. I think so. That's that's my scientific knowledge informing <laughs> uh, <okay>. me. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages.
0: We wrestled the demon Pazuzu in The Exorcist.
2: Your mother is in here, Karis. Would you like to leave a message? I'll see that she gets it.
0: We hooked the Fisherman Killer, Ben Willis, and I know what you did last summer.
1: Oh, you got a letter? I got run over, Helen gets her hair chopped off, Julie gets a body in her trunk, and you get a letter. That's balanced.
0: We survived a summer away with the angel of death, Angela Baker, in sleepaway camp.
2: Look what I did. I packed you and your cousin some goodies for the ride up to camp. Wasn't that nice of me, hmm?
0: But we ain't seen nothing yet. Join Alex and Dean of the Return Revenge Resurrection podcast as we go toe-to-toe with the ever-resourceful Michael Myers. I shot him six times. Be there as we discuss the Halloween franchise in its entirety, from John Carpenter's beloved 1978 classic to David Gordon Green's epic forthcoming finale. I shot him in the heart. We cover it all: the good, the bad, and the bloody. Return Revenge Resurrection. A podcast that slashes its way through horror movie franchises.
2: You don't know what death
0: is. New episodes every Thursday. Available wherever podcasts are found.
2: I told everyone. Kramer comes to Elaine's place to get the slicer. Uh, She knocks off. She still had the shoe in there. She ends up knocking it off at the last second. Hands in the slicer. Shuts the door quickly in his face because she knows he's going to notice and he does. He notices that the that the uh, blade is all dinged up. Now, granted he could just get a replacement blade, but of course he's upset. And so he's trying to come back in and he's trying to pull open the door and he rips off the door handle and busts through the door behind, you know, the lane across the neighbor across the hall. Whoa, that's a lot of potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's stupid, silly, but it's not a good enough payoff for me for the whole, because they've, they've established potato smell twice and just like, Oh, someone has a lot of potatoes. (laughs) That's it. Like I, need, I need, I, like I said, I just needed one more layer of like, well, why? <laughs> what are the, or the potatoes lead to one other little thing? Or if a potato like comes rolling out and then
1: hits the the the, I don't know something. You know it, what I mean? Yes,
2: exactly. If, if a potato exactly it had done something. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Just something like that. But anyway, <laughs> so all right, that's it. Uh, at uh, uh Kruger Industrials. or. Kruger Industrial Smoothing is apparently going to smooth out Kramer's blade. Um, we also see Jerry's got these hives all over, you know, on his on his neck starting to to appear. And Kramer thinks that the doctor gave him something that she rubbed something on his neck, and she's like infected him
1: just because she touched his face. I was like, oh, that's a that's a leap to make right there, you know.
2: It is a leap to make, but sure, Kramer makes leaps all the time. Yeah, so, yeah, and I allow it so. Um, So they decide they're both going to head over to Kruger uh, because Kramer needs his blade fixed. And also she is doing the screenings. So they head, they're they going to head over there. Though Elaine, who should, uh, you know, or though Elaine um, right now is stuck in her apartment because of what Kramer did to her door. Uh, and so she is stuck in there. They um, wouldn't work that way. Yeah. Why don't I they don't just think. call this super? Anyways. Yish, that would absolutely be the thing to do. It's like none of these places have supers, yeah. Um, but whatever. And yeah. also, if like you pull out one side of the door, you just you can should ch- just be able to pull out the other, and then there's just no thing keeping that door locked, yeah. In other than like a deadbolt,
1: you're not gonna, yeah, you're not gonna be trapped in there, you know. No, and it is funny. Remember, we did have a, a super in Jerry's building in like the first season, you know, yes, we did, but that, yes, that was did. one character too many. I guess they <laughs> they're <were> like, nope, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, so uh, Jerry calls out uh, the doctor, again calls her pimple popperies and keeps being antagonizing towards her. He
1: goes, come on, Cinerides, cop to it. What brand of perverted science do you practice?
2: (laughs) Because he's all pissed off that she might have infected him with something. And so she storms off in a huff, and Jerry kind of follows because he's just antagonizing her continuously. (laughs) So, uh, But... Kramer, who has this whole, you know, kind of like a butcher get up for slicing his meats. Yeah, because he was he's like, he's worn for a while
1: now. Because he was like, if you buy enough meats, they give you this for free. I was like, nope, that makes sense. I like that.
2: Exactly. So he is, luckily that has led to now Kruger comes in. Oh, hey, doctor, are we ready to do this? George, excited about it. He's like, yes, Kramer, you pretend to be the dermatologist. Give him the screening. It's a way to take the picture that I need to save my butt to keep my job by f- fixing the photo. Yeah. So, so, uh, Kramer does the screening. He's going to go do it. Um, but, uh, first though, we cut to deal with the cat noise. Elaine decides to put on the radio and she's just trying to drown out that noise. And we get some little kicks. Yeah, we get some cool kicks. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I still call back to her dancing, uh, Kramer as Dr. Van Nostrand, does the screening and notices a little mole that looks suspicious.
1: And I do love how when he's, like, reading off the charts and stuff, he's like, male, mammal. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you can tell when he says that, uh, Daniel Von Bergen, like, is about to laugh. I thought that was mm. fucking hilarious. <laughs>
2: it was good. Uh, so. And then
1: he's like, all right, smile. And then he, he fucking his <laughs> mouth. <smiles laughs> really he's, like, <laughs> he's like, not that oh. big. He's like, oh,
2: oh, Okay. <laughs> I love Kruger man I fucking love Kruger I do love Kruger yeah he gets the shot Um, and then but he actually legitimately is worried about this mole he comes Kramer comes out to talk to George um, and you know be like you know, George says, Well, have him get a second opinion. And Jerry Kramer's like, Well, why would me, uh why would I, a Juilliard trained <laughs> dermatologist, um, not, you know, just do this myself? Which I think is funny because if you know Juilliard, it's a music school. Yes, it is not, that's it's what it I is not yeah. a doctor's it's, yeah, it's not a medical school. Um so he wants to get a, a section of it to get tested and he thinks to himself the meat
1: slicer yeah it's like,
2: slice slice a little shot right there.
1: It's all yeah. good. And then so, I like how like when George kind of like is frustrated back at him, he Kramer writes something in the and you know on his quote this fake file. I'm mm-hmm. like that's a nice little callback to the the doctor file episode you know earlier huh. a few episodes yeah. ago. Cool, I agree with that. I feel like there's a uh, lot of callbacks this season. Like overall, yeah. like it's, the little mini ones. Yeah. Like
2: it's good. It's not like it's not too overt, but yeah. it's enough to be like, oh, I get that. I, I like this
1: level of callbacks. I should say. Yes.
2: Uh, Elaine calls a locksmith. Uh, her music is still being pl- played pretty loud. First, she was playing like Fire uh, Fog Hat. Now she's playing uh, like Iron Butterfly or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so a neighbor is pissed about her, uh, presumably the potato neighbor. I, I think sure. so. Yeah. 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 So guess what he does? He does the circuit breaker trick. And I love how <laughs> you hear he, his noise. Yeah, you can
1: hear him whimper like Kramer, too. I was like, that's good. I like that. Because you hear the thud and like the. <laughs> yeah.
2: The, the only thing, a little bit of suspension of disbelief. She was on a corded landline phone. Those things don't have to be powered. Um, was it that, corded? Th-
1: because I thought it was cordless. It. I thought it was corded. Hmm. But well, you're right. If it is, I, if it is corded, then you're 100 correct. They. uh they, I'm they. Going to Netflix right now. Yeah, and I'm going
2: to watch this. It is cordless. it Officially, it is cordless. I was wrong, and you would need power so for cordless. You,
1: a you would need power for that then, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. You, win. you win. I, I didn't. Well, th- I wasn't trying to like like call you out on it but I didn't realize you were going to make it a cornerstone for for an argument so
2: <laughs> well yeah but then now I have an even bigger argument <laughs> if it's a cordless phone just go to the other fucking room you, can, you if you have your cat complaining Walk to the other room. It's a cordless (laughs) phone. Very true. Very
1: true. true. (laughs) Maybe that's
2: why in my head I'm like, well, of course it's it's got a cord. Why is she staying in that room with the loud music (laughs) and the cat? Just fucking walk elsewhere. (laughs) All right. um, So, yeah, now she's dealing with no power. Uh, Kramer got the picture in and it's fixed. Um, You know, we see Jerry's face all over with hives now and Kramer comes in, he's got this book, you know, showing what he thinks this carcinoma is on uh Kruger's back. And he wants to tell Kruger, wants to cl- wants, wants to tell Kruger wants to come clean. Um but, you know, no, we're not gonna <laughs> George doesn't want that. No. And he said, I'll just I'll handle it. I'll get him to another doctor. Uh Jerry, though, looks through the book, sees his hives, they're caused by benzene, uh, which is a common cleaner. It's a metal cleaner. Metal cleaner. Yep. It's also one of the three um uh, elements of the dip in who's lo- who's uh, who framed Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah, so. okay. Oh, it's that it's was... turpentine, benzene, and acetate or acetone. I think
1: that always scared the so. shit out of me when the little poor. Little oh, what a great shooter, you know? scene, man! <laughs> that sh- oh, that was an
2: awesome, scary, fucking scene,
1: man. I remember seeing that movie in the theater with my dad, and my dad was like, "Roger Rabbit, she's pretty hot." And I remember <laughs> it, it was a microcosm in time where it was okay for every male to be attracted to a cartoon, which I've always been. So I was like, Oh, everyone's kind of like me now. Hey.
2: <laughs> yeah. Between that and cool world. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And
1: then, by the way, I love cool world. So yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool world is a fun one. It's a it's underrated, interesting film. So, so Kramer then comes out of, uh, from cleaning his blade with Jerry's hand towel. And of course, uh, that's, What got the benzene, the metal cleaner on it. And now Jerry's been wiping his face. So, of course, surprise, surprise. It is not the uh, dermatologist Pimple Popper's fault. It's Kramer's fault per usual.
1: And I love him getting mad at Kramer, being like, like throwing the benzene at him. And Kramer's like, this stuff is toxic. And then he throws the hand towel and it lands (laughs) on
2: Kramer's head and Kramer Mm -hmm. screams. I love it. Yeah. All right. At Kruger's office, George mentions Dr. Van Nostren recommending someone else to see his mole. But Kruger, he's not worried because on this beach picture that he got from 10 years ago, and he is he is a pretty oblivious guy. So, you know what? Sure. He's oblivious to George in the background. Um, He that mole, uh, even though it was on his back. You can see it from the picture. Yeah, I'm guessing or it's, maybe it's on a shoulder. I'm guessing it's
1: kind of like sure. yeah, it's kind of like sticking Pull up or out. something. Yeah. But he
2: can he can still see it. It has not changed in ten years. So you know what? It's probably not that big of a deal. No cause for concern. Um and he then he tells George about the that day and that this <laughs> <laughs> this little pear shaped loser <laughs> was messing around and they him and his sons played a chick and threw all of his shit into the ocean. And I do love it. So George realizes that his anger was founded. And he, though, the only weird thing is he admits that he is the guy and that he is the pear-shaped loser um, and that, uh, you know, he, he's pissed off at him. And Kruger responds, wow. You've lost a lot of hair.
1: I'm aware. <laughs> Re- reiter-
2: reiterated from previous. I like that. And then we get a little tag of the guys outside of Elaine's place slicing her food under the door and moving under there so she can eat in her, you know, no power. The little
1: straw. I like the little straw sticking out. <laughs> yes. I love that. And then and then Jerry, we get a little callback because uh, yep. Jerry's like, oh, I went to a dermatologist for my hives. And they're like, oh, what did they prescribe? He's like, aloe. And he's putting aloe on his face. So, like, that comes back. It's and a
2: he- nice. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Good callback from that hello joke earlier. And
1: and honestly, so
2: the potato issue aside, but you got
1: to admit whether whether it landed hard or not, you got to admit at least it was a callback. This episode, I think, did a great job having all the interconnectivity wind together. Now, I do think you have to suspend a lot of disbelief. For, the, for them to work. You know, you have to suspend disbelief that, that Kauger doesn't notice that he lo- he himself looks different in that picture. He doesn't look 10 years younger. Yeah. You know, you have to suspend that disbelief. But if you do, it's it's like it, it all works because the idea that he doesn't need to go see a dermatologist because, well, I look fine. Like, the mole still looks fine here. It's it's a great—it's all connected. Mm-hmm. And then Elaine's connected to it. Everything is sort of connected. You got callbacks. Callbacks aplenty. plenty whether they work or not and because of it i love this episode i think it's a lot of fun i loved it all loved what everybody was doing i loved where it went it kind of has like a a microcosm like everything gets wrapped up you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. and we've called it out before where things don't get wrapped up so i guess sometimes you got to wonder would you rather it get wrapped up with suspension of disbelief or not wrapped up if it doesn't work you know but Mm -hmm. I think all of this works. I absolutely love this episode. You're gonna hate me, but I'm giving it five potatoes out of five.
2: Potatoes, my yeah, potatoes! Yeah! The least funny joke of the entire episode. I know. So I, know. I agree with most everything you just said. This episode is set up and payoff. Set up and payoff, set up and payoff. I was only disappointed by two main things, and they're not even main things. To smallish things, uh, which is the payoff for the potatoes wasn't funny enough for me. It was just kind of meh. And then also, I didn't care for the setup of the nightmare at the beginning. Right. And then there was no payoff. Right. Like yeah. There was setup, but no payoff. And so it's like I, it had to lead somewhere. You know, it would have I been nice if, if, from
1: if there was a nightmare and the stinger at the end. That would have been a book in nightmare, maybe. It would have been good. That
2: could have done something. Yeah. Absolutely. That could have done something for me. Um, but yeah, there was no payoff. There was only setup. And then the other one, the payoff just wasn't good enough. But overall, this is a fantastic episode. Um, so I really like stuff about it. Um, I I think, yeah, I think they, they, they really did a fantastic job of intertwining the storylines, uh, you know, getting the pimple popper in there towards Kruger's, you know, company, um, but also having to deal with Elaine, the, the meat slicer stuff, all of this, everything worked really well, and that's where Seinfeld is at his best, but those two things did hold me back a little bit, so I just gotta dock it the tiniest little bit, but it is the tiny, it's like, the, it's the tiniest little, out of 5 slices so thin you can't even see them.
1: (laughs) Perfect, buddy, perfect.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't
1: be surprised if, like, some writing classes use this episode as an example of, like, how to make everything super tight. And the funny thing is you could completely get rid of the dream at the beginning and just having her wake up to the mm. alarm sound. And that, then, and, yes. And it, and then boom, you have an even tighter episode with not a single, uh, loose thread. So, so I think I wouldn't be surprised if they, if like writing teachers actually show this episode, because it's tight. Yeah. It's really fucking tight.
2: Yes, it is. It's a fantastic episode of Seinfeld. I'm curious out of everybody out there listening to this right now. I mean, I never, when I look through the names, you're right. I don't ever think of the yeah. slicer as, oh, that's the best one. I mean, it's when, you know, Kramer gets his slicer. Yeah, stuff. yeah, that's all I but think so, about. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much other shit happening this episode.
1: Yeah, a lot of good shit. A lot of good shit. You know what else is also a lot of good shit? The BFOP Network, baby! Please make sure you go check out all the awesome podcasts on the Tons Network. of podcasts. So many, We've got so many. So
2: many. We've got new podcasts you've never even heard of, baby. Revenge, <laughs> Return, Resurrection. Comics, Comics Underground. Underground. Woo! Hell yeah. Dude. <laughs> and we're of, growing. And, and we're we are we're both growers and showers. That's here on the Beef Up Network. That's right, that's
1: right. And of course, talking back, action, action, uh, people don't forget, uh, Throwback Trivia Takedown, Blast from Our Past, Fucking Podcasting After Dark. All the shows can be found over there at BFOPNetwork.com. That's BFOPNetwork.com. And, uh, you know, if you want more Seinfeld or if you want Curb Your Enthusiasm, Adam and I are going through that series right now on our Patreon page. And uh, honestly, it will be once this uh, show's done, when Seinfeld is done, that is what our main
2: focus will be, will be Curb. I can guarantee if you like us on Cartwright, you're going to enjoy us on Curb. And also, you get the added bonus of Adam's Quickie Whiskey Corner. Um, all the stuff I'm drinking, I'm drinking some shit right now. Um, but you hear me actually talk about it on car or on, on curve. That's
1: right. <laughs> so enjoy that. And, uh, we will see you guys next week on the Patreon exclusive episode, the betrayal, AKA the backwards episode.